You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. I knew it. I think I'm getting nervous. That was the loudest. I swear, you and your like little. (laughs) You'll be like, hold on. (laughs) That hurt my throat. (laughs) That's really funny. What? Oh, God. What? Okay, no. It's because, like, I do the that all the time, every time you start recording, and you you laugh. What? 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 I love when you laugh, because every time you... What's happening? Because we both have our things, and every time you do I don't even know what you're laughing at. What do I do? Every time you laugh, I think it's like a new thing in the past year or two, or maybe I just noticed it. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay, because every time you laugh, you're like the like the wheeze. Oh, the wheeze. Okay, listen, that's how you know something for me is, like, genuinely really funny is whenever I start wheezing, because I'm like, I literally can't help it. Like, <laughs> and I didn't even, like, <sighs> notice it until, like, we started doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the silent laugh, like the... <laughs> I do have so many different laughs, though, so. I love it. I love it. But I, it's just like we both have our things that we do on here, especially while we're recording, and you just do the laugh. <laughs> Stop. I can't. I'm not going to laugh anymore. No. No. no, I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I have that one, too. <laughs> no, don't get self-conscious about it. I oh. love it. No, I love it, too. Okay. I think it's fun. <laughs> I, I think it's fun, too. I just love it. It makes me laugh even more. Oh, my god! It's a contagious laugh. It is. And, like, I, I can just imagine you, like, one day whenever you have kids and, like... Oh, God. <laughs> poor poor the, children. And then whenever you laugh, they're just... <laughs> they're going to be like, are you okay? <laughs> Like, I can imagine their friend coming over and, like, y'all just all laughing and the friend be like. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, son or daughter, like, no, 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 she's good. She's She's good. good. (laughs) She's She's fine. She's okay. Oh, my God. That was a really great intro. That was fantastic. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome for all the laughs. Because this is gonna be another we, heavy episode. We gonna need it. We gonna we're gonna need the comedic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Halloween laugh. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay, now I'm gonna start being now I'm gonna start being conscious about the laughs that I use. I'm like, hmm, which one do I want to bring out right now? The wheezy? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what should I call that one? <laughs> okay, no, this is an episode about laughing. Yeah, okay. exactly. Another one, another time. Another time, another time. Just <laughs> we'll just dissect our little things that we do, yeah. In an episode, or y'all can, and then just make fun of us and yeah, laugh behind our backs. That's that, fine. You know what? That actually sounds like a, I. I might do that to us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So your mom. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So mother dearest. Um. Okay. No, but seriously, before no, we start, serious. where did we? We left off. Right before we left off when um she committed the physical yes. abuse. Yes. It's not funny. I was gonna like... say, why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because it just like makes you feel so weird. You're like, yeah. It does feel Does it weird. make it feel weird to like actually say out loud like physical abuse? Yeah. Because I don't think I ever started using that wording for it until I was adult until I was like fully aware of yeah. what actually was done to me. Well, because your normal <clears throat> you realized isn't normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what you were used to in your household, you came to the realization, wait, that's not how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, oh your mother's not just supposed to treat you like that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> Every time I hear that laugh now. I know. No, but yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I think a part of me is kind of like a coping mechanism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When I laugh and I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She just like physically abused me. <laughs> Stop. I think I do the same thing because it's hard to like, it's weird to talk about like hard things. <laughs> Like, but I don't know if it's like I don't feel bad about laughing. <laughs> See, but <laughs> here's the thing, though, is I feel like the only reason <clears throat> because so much of that, so much of that is healed for you mm-hmm. that I feel like we can laugh, and I feel like we say that yes. all the time. Like, it's it feels good that you can laugh about it and not just like burst down to tears. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I can't wait to laugh this much about my cheating. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. See, we did. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. Okay. No, seriously though. Yes. We left off where CPS was called. The police were called and it's where kind of like the, the pivotal moment for my family and how it kind of, well, it did break yeah. the family um, and how I felt about my dad mm-hmm. during that and then how, like, Papa was always there and then how it affected. And then this episode was to lead us into, like, what I really want to talk about is just how it, like, affected me mm-hmm. throughout my whole yeah. year. Well, really for that, from that moment on. Yeah, well, adolescence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like what people would say to me, you know, so. Okay, so take us back to that. I know, I know it's hard, but take us back to that moment, like, right after all that happened, CPS, 
your dad didn't come back for a while, right? Um, you were with your papa. Mm-hmm. So start there. Yeah, so pretty much blacked out for part of that. Um, I can only, I really do, like I said in the last episode, I only remember bits and pieces, but I just remember that it was during the holiday season. And this is honestly, you know, it's crazy because I brought up my adolescence um, because it's this all like happened whenever I came into my adolescence. So preteens, teenager. Yeah. And I remember having, it happened around Thanksgiving, and I remember having, like, my first period mm. and during Christmas, literally on Christmas. <laughs> How fucked up is that? <laughs> You're like, Merry Christmas to me. Right? <laughs> and so I remember, like, my dad wasn't even with me yeah. and my brother during Christmas. We were with my aunt and uncle and cousins and in Houston because we always go down there. Because my dad was back home taking care of my mom. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if she, like, went to jail or was put in a center center, or something. I just remember her being away. Dad had to take care of her. Yeah. And me and my brother just being with, you know, my dad's side of the family, Papa and my aunt and uncle and cousins. So, but I do remember after... A few months. Well, I don't really know the timeline, to be honest. After a while, like a long time, we started, she started getting visitation rights. And I just remember being like, (laughs) oh, God, like so scared. Makes sense. To see her. Yeah. And, but I was forced to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and I remember seeing a counselor because first you see a counselor before and they ask you if you want to see your mom but my dad and my brother this is just from my perspective and I'm not villainizing anyone here right but my dad and my brother really wanted to try at least put the family back together and I'm sure it was very hard on them and they just wanted everything to be okay and I get that I wanted things to be okay too but at the appropriate time to right. where I feel okay. Yeah. Because I was hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> in the situation. And I know everybody was hurt in their own way in the situation, but like I was physically yeah. um hurt. And so they they just wanted everything to be okay. So I I felt forced to say, Yes, I can see my mom. It's fine. And we all had to go to counseling. But there's just this whole time I didn't want anything to do with my mom, my family. I just wanted to stay at Papa's, and then that was it. And then when I finally saw my mom, she, like, forced me to tell her, to tell, like, the counselors and the cops that we feel safe enough to live back with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And she was like, no, but you have to because if you love me, you would. Oh. That kind of gotcha. manipulation making me feel bad for her actions mm-hmm. mm. and for why the family is still apart is because of me. That was the message that my 13, 14-year-old self got from it. Right. And so basically just for the goodness, wow, like I'm just realizing a lot in just this moment speaking about it. Yeah. <clears throat> For the 
good of our family and Trace and my dad and my mom. I told the police, counselors, and I think we had to go to court too. I told the judge too that I'm okay with going back to my mom and my dad and living with them again. So basically I think towards the end of eighth grade, because this all happened in eighth grade, we all moved back in with her. But then that, oh, and then so that we all lived together for a year. And then after that year, so at the end of ninth grade, that's when my mom and dad like separated but it wasn't because of my dad chose that, even though he still continuously wanted to fight. My mom, like, took me and Trace one day and just left. Wow. <laughs> left the house. And then um, we stayed in an apartment with her the whole summer. Obviously, she didn't have the means to financially keep that apartment. So eventually, at the end of the summer, before high school started, we moved in with dad. And I was still in my own processing for the past couple years of what was going on and me and my dad weren't on the best of terms especially being a teenager just in what I lived through in my life experiences I just kind of just hated everybody right um and all I wanted to do was just live with papa so my dad just you know understood where I was at and I lived with papa all throughout high school mm-hmm. and once high school started so because I didn't want to live with my mom. I didn't want to live with my dad. Because also, my mom, in the past last year of me seeing her, the last time I, like, fully saw her, she was saying a lot of twisted, manipulative lies about my father. So, and I, there's a part of me that believed it. So, obviously, none of them was true. My mom was just a pathological liar. Right. So, I was just, I just needed a getaway. I just wanted to be somewhere where I felt safe. After everything I've been through, and that was Papa's house. Right. And just, like, kind of live my teenage life. Yeah, like, actually get to experience. be a high school cheerleader, have my friends, go hang out with my friends when I want to because my Papa trusted me. And then, like, come home to an actual, like, sane, peaceful house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or there wasn't a lot of, well, too much yelling. I mean, my my Papa, like, raised his voice a lot, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Papa. <laughs> but not in, like, a chaotic, abusive way. <laughs> right, right. So um, <clears throat> there's that. So your parents split and your dad went to the apartment and then your mom – where did your mom go? Oh, um, I don't know. She just went. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, he came and picked us up because we were going to be evicted gotcha. <laughs> from the apartment. And then okay. – All I remember, well, my mom was, like, calling us, blaming us for leaving her. Right. Because she wanted us to stay with her as she was being evicted. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I I don't know what happened to her after that. I know now, but in those moments for the past, like, six months, I didn't know. Yeah. Where she was, what she was doing. Until, oh my God, until like one day she showed up at my friend's house while I was there. Holy shit. Yeah, I didn't, I, yeah, I totally, yeah, yeah, it was, it was Dakota's house. 
Yeah. Yeah, saying she wants to borrow my jeans because she lost a lot of weight. And I hadn't seen her in six months. So you're telling me that after she gets evicted, you your dad comes and picks you guys up. You guys don't talk to your mom for that long. You're living at Papa's house, all this stuff. You're being, You're kind of getting into a life of some normalcy, like a little, like, you know, some consistency of being at Papa's house and mm-hmm. being able to, you know, actually be a kid, a teenager at that point. And then the first time you see your mom after all that craziness is she comes and asks for jeans. Yeah. Like her boyfriend had like was in the car in the street as she was at the door. And I'm like, first off, how did you know that I was here? Right. And cause I, I was friends with that friend for a while all throughout junior high and I was still friends with her in high school. And she comes up here and she, I saw, I opened the door, she lost a lot of weight and oh my God. And this is the first time I'm thinking about this in so long. Yeah, she lost a lot of weight because she was a little heavier, like I said. Now she's like the size of me at that age. And she asked to borrow my jeans and she acted like nothing had happened. And she was like, I miss you. What's up? How's it going? Wanted me to hug her, give her a kiss, like go out with her and her boyfriend. I, I, I don't remember what I said, but I remember yelling at her, slammed the door told them not to answer the door and that she needs to leave. I think my friend's grandmother handled it. And then I called my dad. He came and picked me up. And then I went to Papa's house. I think that's what happened. Yeah, because I remember we were getting ready for, like, one of the games. Holy shit. Yeah. Do you remember how you felt in that moment? Like, I felt unsafe. Unsafe. I just feel like if I was in that situation, I just – I'd be, like, flabbergasted. I'd be, like... Yeah, I just... I, I remember feeling angry and unsafe. Yeah. Those were always, like, my two, like, emotions that, like, always hit the surface. I was very angry, unsafe. Oh, and then I do remember thinking, I haven't heard from you, and, like... And then you want to show up here and act like nothing happened. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, but also, like, the first time I see you after all this stuff is not, like a genuine conversation like literally your motivator for coming here was for some jeans so that for your boyfriend to show I don't know whatever mm-hmm. your intention was mm-hmm. and I think she asked for money too but I was 15 yeah and didn't have a job You're like so no yeah that could be that's that's confusing for a kid that's yeah confusing. and so well and I think the reason well, one of the reasons, this is just my interpretation of it, but because I was, like, a brand new, like, gun-ho Christian. Right. Like, once the ninth grade hit. Mm-hmm. So, I had been, like, just a, I mean, I was labeled a Jesus freak in school. Yeah. So, I was, like, quote-unquote, the Christian, the Jesus freak, whatever you want to call it, whatever, yeah. which is crazy to even say. That's gross <laughs> to me. <laughs> And so, um, my mom, I guess, quote unquote, admired that about me Mm. after everything I'd been through. And so I guess in that moment, she expected me to always forgive her. Gotcha. Because that's how it always was. Mm -hmm. And, and then the last year that we were, that she was in my life, she always say, well, you're a Christian. You have to forgive me. You have to love me. 
you have to do you have to do this for me yeah and and you know it's even like more disturbing and aggravates me to the core is like like it was still so fresh from like high school and like so like people I went to school with in junior high and in high school like they felt like something happened like they they knew that something had happened but they didn't know what it was yeah because I handled it all together you know like Mm -hmm. I kept it all inside whenever I was at school and at like social events and cheerleading I feel like that was your escape though like you were able to Mm -hmm. get away from all that so you were yeah it was a blessing yeah um and so people knew what had happened people knew that my mom was not in my life especially because like she was very active in the role of a mother in social events so people knew her and liked her I mean, like I said, she was the life of a party. She was a Serena Vander Woodson. Mm-hmm. Wild and, like, beautiful, but, like, tortured on the inside. Right. And so when people found out that she wasn't in my life anymore, I don't talk to her. I don't want to talk to her. And throughout my whole adolescent life and even my early adulthood, it was just like, well, where's your mom? And, like, people that I didn't even know, like, I don't know you. And you're coming up to me at social events saying that you knew my mom or you know my mom. And you're asking me if I talked to her lately and asking me questions about what happened when it's really none of your business because I've never even heard of you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're my mom's close friend, where were you then? And why were you not speaking to her? Yeah. And so they would always tell me, well, you have to forgive your mom. You have to forgive her. And I'm like, (laughs) so many things were like running through my mind. Is like, if you're my mom's friend, where were you to tell her to honor me? Yeah. Where were you to tell her to love and respect me? Because a lot of Christians these days will say to kids and teenagers, and young adults that well in the bible it says to respect and honor your mother and father and we've completely warped and manipulated that verse to where like we're supposed to sacrifice every single part of our hearts to honor and please a our father and mother even when they hurt us like Where was the honor and respect that my mom should have had towards me? Because I was the gift that God gave to her. Because Mm -hmm. every baby is a precious gift in heaven, from heaven, from above. That's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm not a baby anymore, I can't be honored or respected or loved or I'm not a gift. Yeah. I want to say, okay, because I just had a... I don't know. You hear the word respect all the time, right? You hear the word respect, but like what I looked up what respect the definition is and maybe everybody knows this and I just didn't, I didn't really know exactly what it meant, but respect is a feeling of deep admiration for someone. So you were supposed to admire your mom. Why? Just because she was your mom. 
you would have you had to admire someone who physically and emotionally abused you you had to admire someone like that no that doesn't make any sense like I don't have to admire somebody like that like I just don't I don't understand when people say that you have to respect somebody because I don't have to admire somebody if I don't admire somebody I don't admire them Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they haven't deserved to be admired. <laughs> exactly. And well, and that's the thing, like that was like manipulated against me. Yeah. And also the forgiveness that like, that's why, like, because of people using forgiveness against me and like, I know, I know you need to forgive those who hurt you. Yeah. We have a whole episode on it. Yeah. <laughs> We've already talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> But it's so needed and necessary to be justified in your anger and feel the wrong that was done to you. Yeah, you have your own timeline for your forgiveness whenever you're ready. And God would never blame me for that. No. Ever. He's always come alongside me and like, I understand. Yeah. I wish your mother didn't do that to you. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Like, he's grieved with me. I Like, for 10 years, not, not even 10 years, I think it, it's been 15 years where I've been grieving mm-hmm. my mother and the loss of my mother and what had happened to me and realizing how it has completely just, like... <laughs> bled throughout my whole life and how I've done relationships and how I've been even as a Christian mm-hmm. and how I've been how I've shown up in life it, it all stemmed from a lot of the way my mom treated me and what was mirrored towards yeah. me I want to bring up something because like I was <sighs> I was reading this book for school it's so good so it's called Homecoming by John Bradshaw, and it's called, and it's like reclaiming and healing your inner child. And um, it talks a lot about like reclaiming back the, the inner child that was hurt, that was abused, that was treated disrespectfully. And he goes into like how parents should respect their child. So I'm going to read a couple of things. So this is like the, so he explains emotional abuse. Emotional abuse also inflicts the spiritual wound. Screaming and yelling at children violates their sense of value. Parents who call their children stupid, silly, crazy, asshole, brat, and so on, wound them with every word. Emotional abuse also comes in the form of rigidity, perfectionism, and control. Perfectionism produces a deep sense of toxic shame. No matter what you do, you never measure up. All shame-based families use perfectionism, control, blame as manipulating rules. Nothing you say, nothing you do, nothing you feel or think is okay. You shouldn't feel what you feel. Your ideas are crazy. Your desires are stupid. You are continuously found to be flawed and defective is what when you do that is what a child believes and then it talks about abuse in the school too Mm, but that's good but uh, to go on to the physical abuse physical abuse also inflicts the spiritual wound a child getting beaten a child getting jerked by the neck a child being told to get his own weapons of torture can hardly believe that he is special wonderful or unique how can he when he is being hurt physically by his caretaker 
physical punishment severs the interpersonal bond with a parent. Imagine how you would feel if your best friend walked over and slapped you. We have no idea how many violent families there are. Those stats get hidden in the hospital emergency rooms and family shame and above all in the terror of being hurt more if you talk about it. Mm. Damn, that's a good book. (laughs) Yeah, so like it's just a lot of this like programming and conditioning parenting we talk about of wanting to honor and admire and respect is not respecting the family or your child Mm -hmm. that you created and brought into this life and was trusted in taking care of this little baby's heart (laughs) who you need to allow them to or you just need to let them know that they're safe yeah and that they're unconditionally loved not by conditions or manipulative rules or your expectations of what you want them to be like they're loved no matter what and I realized like just through my whole life like because I was so angry and because of what I grew up in and the culture that I grew up in I self-sabotaged all the freaking time like in my jobs and my friendships I would start fights for no reasons just because I think starting a fight would help me believe if this person cared about me or not mm-hmm. so it's almost like your test yeah like I would test people through co- manipulating a fight with them mm-hmm. and seeing if they cared enough to work on it with me yeah And shit, I still find myself fucking doing that sometimes. (laughs) You know, like, not as much, but, like, I still find, like, my little girl wanting to feel safe and how she feels safe is, like, okay, let's start a fight and see if they care. Yeah. I know probably some of y'all are, like, how twisted is that? But it was literally what I saw every single day for 13, 14 years. Yeah. And it's – and statistically and – In research, when you grow up in a family like that, you do attract abusive relationships. No, yeah. And that's how I found myself in in an abusive relationship for the past three years. And mirroring, or not mirroring, attracting this person who reminds me a lot of my mom. Mm -hmm. Just the behavior Yep. Damn. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm a little heated. But <laughs> like like I'm I'm a little like heated in a passionate way. It's just like because I've never been able to admit that it had affected me. I think yeah. I wanted so bad to believe mm-hmm. that my childhood did not affect me. Yeah. And I remember like being I remember in the program that I was a part of 2 years ago, I was I was doing a a session it was like a group coaching call and the counselor the coach on the call was a mother and she she was helping me walk through something and we were talking about the relationship that I was in or you know just the situation about it and she made me realize she put the like she pivoted 
to my relationship with my mom. It's like she knew. It's like she fucking knew. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk about that. And she said it in a very gracefully comforting, safe way. We need to talk about it. It's hurting you. Have you ever admitted that it's hurting you? And I've never admitted that it had been hurting me for like the past 10 years. And I didn't even want to then. And and she was just like, Alexis, I think you need to finally admit that you really needed a mom. Mm-hmm. Like you really needed a mom. Yeah. And like for the first time, probably like six months after that, when even more shit hit the fan, I just like remember c- crying in my closet and sitting with God and he and he was like are you ready to be honest with yourself and I just remember like crying out like saying like I really did I really needed a mom Mm -hmm. like I needed a mom to show me how to love myself and not look at myself in like such a shameful way or like not be ashamed of like my body or my looks or, like, and I needed a mom to, like, tell me if ever, whenever I mess up, that I wasn't bad. And I needed a mom to tell me that I didn't need to be perfect. And I needed a mom to own her shit. And I needed a mom to not hurt me. I needed a mom to love me. And I needed a mom to teach me whenever, whenever I'm bleeding out of my vagina. <laughs> I, I needed a mom to tell me about sex and about boys. I needed a mom to tell me that some men are mean. And they don't know how to be men. Like, I needed a mom that had the capacity to truly love me unconditionally. unconditionally. Yeah. You needed that nurturer. And, and you didn't get that. You didn't get that from her. You didn't get that just the basic needs of love and nurture. Like you did not receive those. And those are literally when you think about um, Mav- Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like yeah, safety, love and nurturing is like the baseline. And, and really what it gets down to is that's what you didn't receive from her. You didn't get those things mm-hmm. from her. But I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like years before that, so before you were in your coaching or program. counseling program, yes, um, before you were in that, like, I remember I remember you, me, and Jen, like, driving out to your mom's house. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I feel like also because of where you were at, like, in your faith, too, like, the Christianese type thing, like, I felt like you knew, okay, well yeah, I know I I should forgive and like, maybe I am ready, but like there was nothing that you had done to make yourself ready. It was just like not ignoring it, but trying to just be like, well, leaning more on the Christian aspects. Yeah. Like what's the fastest way I can just get this over with. Yes, exactly. And, and so there were times I feel like at least twice where Alexis had tried to reach out to her mom to try to mend things before, but this was also before you had actually like truly let yourself feel feel and and admit how fucked up everything was mm-hmm. you know what i mean well, and how it truly affected me and how it yes exactly and how it affected you and actually pinpointing those and looking back throughout your lifetime and being like wow yeah that's why 
I was or did the things that I did was because of my relationship with my mom, because of this part uh, with my mom. Mm-hmm. And and to go back to like, yes, I do remember that. And I remember being so scared mm-hmm. um, because there was times where I kept being forced to go see her just with the, you know, once my mom and dad got divorced, finalized and, you know, the visitations, I was at a point at an age where I got to choose if I wanted to see her or not but unfortunately my brother couldn't choose but we still found a way to not yeah and so I do remember going to see her that was probably like six years after everything happened because what we were 19 20 mm-hmm. we had to have been like 20 yeah okay but still even then in those moments I still felt forced to forgive her mm-hmm. I felt forced to mend things with her and I remember talking to her that night when we went to go visit her, because I guess she had already been married twice in the past six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had, she definitely had lived multiple lives in those six years. Yeah. And I just remember wanting to get over with. I just want to say what I want to say and then like leave. Maybe have a like slowly move into like a relationship with her, but not so quickly because I wanted to do this, like, I really just wanted to truly be ready, but I wasn't. I was not ready. Yeah. Because I hadn't fully admit the effect it had on me, and I hadn't fully admitted how bad it hurt me Yeah, she did. I'm also thinking just, like, what even led you to thinking, like, oh, I should go talk to my mom? Probably because I was a part of a Christian college, (laughs) um, and I, my major was pastoral and counseling and theology. Mm So I felt forced. You felt like this is something you had to do. Yeah. So once again, I felt forced to do something that I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. And it was just like my childhood. Like, oh, I have to do this for this. I have to do this for my yeah. mom. I have to do this for Christianity all around or to be the perfect Christian. Yeah. I, had to, I have to do this to be the perfect Christian. Um, I, I wasn't doing this for my heart at all. Like my heart honestly just felt violated. Yeah. And I kept violating my heart over and over and over again because my my mom kept violating my violating my heart over and over again. So that's all I knew how to do with my heart is violate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know that at the time, but that's what I was doing. Yeah. But I, I, I do remember when I did talk to her, y'all were outside in the car. Mm-hmm. And I just remember wanting to say everything how I felt and just her wanting to listen to me and take ownership. Once again, she did not take ownership. She played the blaming game. She played the victim. And so that's how I knew. I was like, yeah, you know what? It sucks that she's still not the person I won't, I would love for her to be. Mm-hmm. That I would love to feel safe around. But she's not. And But she forced her way into my life. She tried, but it just didn't happen. And, yeah, that's the last time I've kind of... Yeah, that's the last time I saw her. Mm-hmm. I remember... Three years ago, around this time, I did call her, but that's because <laughs> the relationship that I was in at the time, he forced me to call her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever told you that. I say I feel like you like barely like you had just mentioned it. You didn't really go into yeah a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. So once again, I was talking to my mom because I was forced into it. Yeah. And here's the thing, though, is between those times that Alexis talked to her, like, that first time and the second time, her mom would literally call her and text her all 
the time. Like how she said, like forcing. Like blowing up my phone. Blowing up her phone all the time. All the time, all the time, all the time. So it was still violating in that way too because. Because she wasn't respecting my space or what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's. And even now, whenever the whole like post, I posted about my coach launching business and, you know, getting clients and becoming a life coach. How she saw that, which still amazes me because I thought I had her blocked. (laughs) Um, But I guess she checks my whatever. She checks my page all the time, I guess. Now she's blocked. But like how she just commented on that. And still didn't take ownership. I didn't read it, but, like, I just know her well enough. And I know she hasn't changed, unfortunately. Um, And just by your face. Mm -hmm. Like, I I read it and I was like, yep, mm -hmm, you're right. Like, didn't take an ownership. I'm sure she brought up a lot of her stuff that she went through, which is valid. But still doesn't excuse. You still (laughs) can't admit that you physically abused me and hurt me mm-hmm. or that you emotionally abused me. It was 13, it was 13 plus years that you did this to me. Yeah. And you still can't admit it or take ownership. I know like my mom has been through a lot of shit and now I've come to a place where after I've been honest with myself, let myself feel the justifiable anger, not the anger that lets me grow cold or mm. lets me believe really dark, unhealthy things. I'm not talking about that anger. I'm talking about a justifiable, healthy anger to feel that is necessary in the grieving process. Yeah. I had to feel that and be honest with myself. And then once I got honest with myself and took care of my heart and stopped violating my heart, I was, I finally was arrived at a place where it's like the shack. If anyone's ever watched it, where like he had to be mad and God allowed him to be mad and sad and grieve what his father did to him. And then it's like, you see this picture of this little girl And what she went through with her biological father, what she went through with her stepfather and how she was physically and sexually abused and emotionally abused by her mother. She didn't have a great relationship with her mother. And once you see that little girl go through that, you start having compassion on this little girl who's like, wow, like you didn't know either. You Mm -hmm. were hurt just like I was. Yeah. It's just a generational cycle that's happening. Yeah. And so I understand like. I could finally arrive in a place of understanding and care for my mom and the little girl that she was Mm -hmm. and how she's still a little girl yeah, who just wants to be loved, who wanted to be cared for, who wanted to be protected just like I wanted. Yeah. And so I understand that and therefore I forgive her for that. But I'm also at the same time going to continue to protect myself and not violate my heart when I know that, like, she hasn't changed. Like, she's still destructive. And I'm not going to put myself in a situation to be hurt again. Yeah. And to internalize that behavior anymore because it's not ex- it's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. She needs help, and I wish she would get it. And I know that one day... When we're in heaven, 
me and my mom are going to be best buddies. Yeah. Like it's like I know this isn't forever with me and her. Like I finally have that understanding. Like I know that one day when we're all in heaven, me and my mom are going to be okay. Like this is this isn't forever and I'm okay with that, but right now I have the peace and the permission to not have her in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And and that cycle does end with me. Because I don't want, if I do ever get married and have kids, I'm not going to do that (laughs) to my daughter or to my son. Because I am getting the healing and my needs met now. And I'm uncovering who I am now and the core of who I am and what I have to offer. And I'm getting healed in a lot of deepest parts of me. I mean, there's still a long way to go, but I'm still a lot better off than where I was. Exactly. I just think that's, lack of better words, but beautiful in the sense of like your mom was a little girl who was hurt and she continued to hurt for her whole life. She never got out of that hurt. She was just hurting, hurting, hurting her whole life. And so in turn, she hurt a lot of other people right? She was bleeding out on everybody else. So she hurt you as you were a little girl. So you were hurt. And so for a really long time, Alexis was hurting, 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 hurting. But the difference is, is Alexis finally stopped it. Like she decided, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. And she realized I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to be, um, weak, not weak, um, powerless. I don't have to continue in this, thing that has been going on for generations in my family. I don't have to be a part of this curse. Like I can actually put into action and do things so that this isn't what my life will be like moving forward. I will not be emotionally abusive to my children or my family. I will not be uh, physically abusive because I have done the work now. Exactly. And the bravest thing you could do in your adult life is to choose that you're parents patterns and behavior will no longer be your patterns and behavior Mm -hmm. you do not need to choose what your parents chose you don't have to be them anymore you don't have to mirror the abuse that they gave you towards yourself anymore you can choose to be powerful i think that's the the most powerful thing I've learned as an adult is like I get to choose out of this destructive cycle and choose to be powerful again and know that like wow for the first time I get to protect the little girl that was never protected like I choose to protect her now yeah I choose to care for her. I choose to love her. I choose for her to get what she needs in the moment and get healing. Mm -hmm. Like, I should not be this person that I am today. I really shouldn't. Statistically, research-wise, like, it's it's a miracle that I'm even this person. Yeah. And during the darkest time of my life, which is the past couple years, I wanted, I prayed for a miracle. Even as a little girl, I prayed for a miracle. I prayed for a redemption. I prayed for this to be over. I prayed for this to stop. Like I was crying out and begging for a miracle. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, well, I'm the miracle. Yeah. I'm redeemed. Yes, you are. 
I am the miracle. Like mm-hmm. God made a miracle out of me. God redeemed me. God redeemed my life because I shouldn't be here yeah. right now. I shouldn't be living. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I was about to say something. I totally got distracted because I had like the chills all over my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like that's the thing though is is we sit here and we say like you can choose to be powerful and you can choose to do all these things but don't get it twisted it is the hardest fucking choice you will ever make it is not an easy one it is a because you're breaking like years of cycle and and it feels like death (laughs) (laughs) but the most beautiful death Wait, in the moment yeah. it does because like you said, you're breaking cycles, you're breaking patterns, you're completely disrupting your whole world where it you know, where it used to be. Yeah. But it's what you know is best for you. And here's the thing is it's not like obviously <laughs> it's not like Alexis was skipping through some, you know, of a field of dandelions and flowers. I don't know why I said dandelions, whatever. <laughs> Sunflowers. I like the ones that you can blow, whatever. Okay. <laughs> it's not like that was her journey. It wasn't. No, it was more like, okay, take all the dandelions and sunflowers out. There's a sinking hole. It's fucking storming and lightning and you're about to get hit. Like oh it, God, it yeah. feels like that, but that storm doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Whereas Previously, that storm would have lasted forever. It would have just yeah. looked like because like pretty. I was decide like I was choosing into it. Like subconsciously, I was choosing into that. Yeah, and like I attracted a lot of relationships <laughs> that would abandon me. Mm-hmm. Like I attracted people who would abandon me, yeah. abandon me, abandon me, abandon me, abandon. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck abandon means. Think, I think. <laughs> Like a band. I think I was saying the whole time, abandon me. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Okay, a band equals abandon in Alexis. Okay, in Alexis terms. So let me know. I try to be so sentimental and powerful. You're like, I just can't. English does not <laughs> compute. Wasn't my favorite subject. Well, yes, it, yes, it, it was. actually was. Okay, okay. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I attracted people that would abandon me. Yeah, because your core belief yeah, was that people are going to abandon you. Exactly. <laughs> so you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to attract you because you're going to validate that. Let's go. You're going to validate that belief that I am not good enough and that I'm not lovable and that I deserve to be abandoned. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I was attracting. Mm-hmm. And listen, I rise like a phoenix from the ashes, baby. I care with you. <laughs> it's true. It is true. But like, you know, like. Chris is saying, like, how hard it is and, like, completely, like, death it is. Like, okay, it's hard it to is, explain. But it, it literally is the most, okay, it's kind of like oh. layman's terms, how, like, die to yourself. The, I'm di- the, oh, I was going to yes. say that. You're dying to the old you. You're dying to the old you. You are stripping away all those belief systems that you have believed for decades so it's gonna hurt it's like heart surgery you're gonna be hella sore yes for a few weeks Uh you know like this might take a little longer you know but like it literally is the most rewarding thing guys just look not to like boast myself up but like 
two years ago, I was in a program. I was crying in my closet, and I felt like I was dying. Like, I was depressed. I didn't want to live anymore. And it didn't feel like there was a way out. There didn't feel like there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. But a year later, I have a podcast. I'm sitting in in my closet with my best friend talking about my story. Literally the exact year later. Mm -hmm. And then now, a year later now... From last year when I was sitting in my podcast, like sitting in the closet talking about the podcast, I'm still sitting in my closet with my best friend talking about my story, but now I'm launching a coach launch business and I'm a life coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the rewards, the fruits from dying to the old belief systems, dying to the things that no longer serve you. So much rewards, so much fruits come from it. Who knows? If you start now and start choosing yourself now, where are you going to be six months from now? Mm -hmm. Where are you going to be a year from now? Where are you going to be two years from now? Where are you going to be three years from now? Mm -hmm. Like I look at my life a year ago, two years ago, it feels as though it's almost another lifetime ago. Yep. So the fruits really do like come from it. Like – is biblical it's natural it's the human healing life yeah here's the thing is i feel like it's crazy because if alexis never decided to do this if alexis never decided okay i i want to make a difference within myself i don't like where i'm at i i need to do something i need help if she never reached out for help so if she was the same exact person what's crazy to me is that i feel like on the outside typically for with everybody you would meet people would still think you were like how you are now like so free and loving and caring and have and has such a big heart like so bubbly so bubbly like that would still be your persona yeah right yeah but the difference I was dead inside yes the difference is is like when she would get home and she's by herself it's a different story that's not the same person yeah you know what I mean like, and even, even that, like whenever she would get into, you know, hard relationships, whatever, like subconsciously, all that shit would come out like times 10, like 10 times yeah, worse. Yeah, Like it was so high stakes, level 10, level 11 pain. Yes. When yes. conflict would come up. Exactly. And, and what's crazy is I, I, I will sit here and I'll be like, you know what? It's crazy. Like how, you know, different Alexis is and how much she's changed. But, but that's the thing though, is I feel like it's like it's not that she's changed it's that she's become more of who she is like yeah I uncovered the core of who I am yeah like she's taken off those layers that she had put on for herself for so long to protect her that she's actually becoming who she is her authentic self and within that within becoming your authentic self that's where you're getting all the fruits of your labor because you are who you're supposed to be you know what I mean like who you were meant to be and so now you're able to actually show up in the world how you were meant to show up exactly I think that's fucking cool right exactly (laughs) because don't get me wrong and that's that's the thing is you really have to sit down with yourself and you can be like okay honestly either way whether I stay in my shit and I never I just keep sleeping on the wrong you know what yeah my family didn't really affect me that much no you know what I'm fine I don't need to no my dad leaving me didn't affect me no my mom acting like I needed to meet every single core of her needs and not the other way around and no it didn't affect me And one of the things that you said earlier is you were like, honestly, I blacked out on some of those things. Listen, if you do not remember a lot of your childhood, that probably tells you you went through a lot of shit and your brain has 
locked it away to protect you. Like for you in that situation, that's exactly what your brain did. Your brain was like, I'm trying to protect you. This is too much trauma. So if that's you, if you think back to your childhood and you're like, you know what? I don't remember anything. That should be like a, like some alert. An alert. Yeah. yeah. Hey, ding, ding, ding. Maybe I should look into that a little more. Yeah. Maybe I should start asking. Maybe I should go see somebody and mm-hmm. they can ask me questions. Mm-hmm. They can guide me through that, mm-hmm. you know. But what I was saying anyways is that to the world, you're still going to look like the same person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whether you decide to stay the same or you decide to change to the world, for the most part, you'll look pretty similar. The difference is, is whenever you are not within the world, when you're by yourself in your closet um, in your bed, wherever, in your home, and it's just you and you're not distracted by anything else, what is that like? Mm-hmm. Because Alexis, who wasn't going through the heal, like who never went through the healing journey, it's torture. Krista, she, it was torture, right? I, I've even talked about how literally I just like, if I'm by myself, I just like cry mm-hmm. and I just feel so depressed. Like I was literally depressed because I, it wasn't, I didn't like where I was at. But Alexis and Krista now gone through that journey. We still look similar. Sure, you know, things have changed a little bit, but not drastically, you know, to the outside world. But our inner worlds are completely different. You know what I mean? There's so much more peace. And don't get me wrong, like there's still low days, high days, whatever. But there's joy and peace surrounding it. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's freedom attached to it. Exactly. So that's the thing is when, when we're talking about this healing journey, we're like who gives a fuck about the other people? It's all about your inner world and what that's like. And only you can determine what your inner world is like. How honest are you going to be with yourself? Exactly. And the if you continue to remain mm-hmm. in your current behavior cycle patterns, the person you're truly affecting more than anybody else is yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the person is going to affect the most is you. You're affecting yourself the most if you remain there. Now, if you evolve and choose, hey, I don't have to feel this way. Mm -hmm. I don't have to feel this way forever or attract these people, these types of relationships forever. I don't have to live my life like this until you believe that you have the power to choose out of this abusive toxic destructive cycle that's when freedom that's when so many opportunities can come and so many revealers about yourself that you never knew was possible start happening Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it re- like I know we say it all the time, but it is really the most beautiful thing. Once you have done the work and you've continued and you haven't given up on yourself, like, I I really don't even know the word to describe the feeling except for, like, freedom, joy, like, flying through the sky. You know what I mean? Like, it's just beautiful. Yes. It It just feels beautiful. It does. It does. And so... I just, y'all, just do it. Just do it. Do the hard stuff. Do the hard stuff because usually if it's hard, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of, if you need a life coach, holla at your girl. I know one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a serious note, like, that's the thing. I'm not doing this, like, for money. You literally get a free session out of me. Yeah. So I'm not doing this 
all for money. I'm doing this because I passionately believe in full healing Mm -hmm. and healing the inner child and also uncovering who you are, Mm -hmm. the core of who you are, because it's so amazing. We all need all of us, every single human to be our authentic self, not try to be the next Kim Kardashian or the next like the next something else to be a somebody like no we need you we need you so let's Mm -hmm. figure out who you is so we can what let's figure out who you are let's figure out who you is (laughs) (laughs) sorry I couldn't let you do it the comedic relief let's figure out who you are and we might have some laughs in our sessions like this <laughs> so yeah let's figure out who you let's are figure out who you are and let's see where your life could be six months one year two years three years from now and yeah. let's do it together let's uncover it together yeah so holler at me email us dm me on instagram if you have my number text me yeah Don't be afraid to reach out. It's okay to not be okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to not be okay. All right. So, yeah, we can definitely end my mother's story now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think think our listeners are very um, appreciative of your vulnerability because it's not easy. It's not easy to admit that and just honestly go back and relive it and talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not easy to do that, but how... But however, um, (laughs) anyways, we could talk. Uh, However, that story can really help other people because how many people can relate to behind closed doors? Things are shitty. Whether whatever that looks like for you, that can look like a billion things. Okay, whatever that looks like for you behind closed doors, things are shitty. But whenever you have to go out, whenever you would have to go out, like you. It's like, oh, no. You put on that mask. You put on that mask. You put on that face. Okay. And so you're used to putting on that face, but you don't have to put on that face. You know what I mean? You got to go face the shitty things that were happening. Yeah. And get it healed. And get it healed. And then let's move forward. And Alexis Mm -hmm. is, especially with family stuff, she is the perfect example of this (laughs) shit is hard, especially because it's family. This shit is hard. But worth it to go through yeah. it. And I understand it's scary. I mean, like, it is, um, let's be honest. Me coming on here doing two podcast episodes about my, like, deepest, like, family secrets and about my mom. Like, you don't think I've thought about a thousand times that, like, it, it's, like, I'm scared shitless. Like, one day she could listen to it. And because she's still remaining in the p- behavior that she is, she could totally, like, rate our podcast, like, one star. I can't. Do, like, a <laughs> No, like do like a whole ass like bad review. Like she would do that. Yeah. She would do that. I I can't even I don't even know how she still hasn't found out that I had a pod, you know, like that I have a podcast. So, it's scary. I'm taking big risk out here. Yeah. But the reward is greater. And you know what? Mom, if you're listening, let's just, you know, this is a great opportunity to grow. <laughs> That wasn't awkward at all. <laughs> at least I called her mom. You did. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's gross. See, I'm growing. I'm growing. You grow too, mommy. <laughs>
That's in this episode. <laughs> I can't. I'm hot. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, man. How hilarious. Y'all. Do it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I do hope that. Well, okay, this is going to sound weird, but I hope that this resonates with <laughs> I might keep that in, honestly. Yeah, that's fine. Who cares? <laughs> it's just us. It's us. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, reach out if you want a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're leaving. Bye. <laughs> Bye.